You're listening to the Creatively Connected Classroom Podcast, episode number 39. Welcome to the Creatively Connected Podcast from Education Closet. Connecting teachers and ideas one glue stick at a time. Here's your hosts and K-12 Art Chat founders, Matt and Laura Grundler. This is Matt Grundler running this podcast today, the uh, Creatively Connected Classroom. The reason why I'm running solo today is because we have our chat from a couple weeks ago, which was taken over as the Matt chat, and we have several Matts with us today. Hopefully, one one other one will be joining us. So I just want to say thank you to our Matts that are here, and uh, hopefully we'll get a last one to pop in. So... As always, let's just kind of give a little rundown, quick rundown of who you are. I know, you, I know both of you guys have already hosted and have already done the interview with us, but just want to thank you guys for being here and uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. So, Well, hey, I'm, I'm Matt Cockrell. I am a high school teacher in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Yeah, I did my last uh, K-12 art chat was on how to step outside the box. Yes. Uh, we did our podcast about that. Just kind of breaking free of what's traditionally done. Awesome. And, and that's, that's, that's really what I'm all about. Yeah. What's traditionally done and what can we do to go to the next level? That's where I am. Awesome. There you go. And this is Matt Wyman. I'm a third grade teacher in Pennsylvania in the Lehigh Valley. I teach at Willow Lane Elementary. I teach third grade, but I use a lot. I'm regular ed, but I use a lot of art in the classroom. And I consider myself a relatively creative person. And I like to approach things differently. Awesome. I think that's, I awesome. think, I think that's a common thread we all have. Um, I know. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> and uh, I am Matt Grendler. And I recently, or I should say, just finished my first year of teaching middle school after moving up from the elementary level where I taught for 14 years in Plano, Texas. And uh, I just, yeah, I always feel, I think, I think, like I said, we have a very common thread here where we want to see more and we want to push those, those boundaries a little bit more as far as what, what kids can make and how they can, you know, feel included and in, in all that stuff. All right. So we started out with the Matt Wyman's question of how can you help people feel confident to give it a go, even if they think they're no good? Do you have a lesson or something that you do to help kind of build up the confident deficient? You know, we always get those people that always think, oh, I'm not good at art or I'm not creative at art or I'm not this or I'm not that. So, you know, they instantly build this wall. So what do you, Matt well, Wyman, we'll start with you as far sure. as your thought on it all and what you go to. Well, I, I think probably myself, along with many other people, have like multiple strategies. And no one strategy works with all kids, right? So yes. every kid is different. Hey, it's funny that we're all named Matt. Um, but <laughs> uh, like you said in the chat, I, I can't get over it. But like you said in the chat, we all approach things differently and we have totally different personalities. We come from different places in the country. Same idea as far as comfort, feeling comfortable within art, the art world and using art. So, you know, sometimes... This question, first of all, came from a PD where it wasn't third graders that spurred on the question. It was actually adults. And I think, in my experience, third graders, and you don't really have to twist their arm to do art. I, all I have to do is say, okay, everybody, we're going to do some drawing. And they are, like, dancing in their seats, right? <laughs> um, but when it, came to, 
when it came to adults, if you guys tell me a few of the same experience, everybody gets like increasingly uncomfortable the older you get, it seems, when you're asked to, to do any kind of performance or any kind of art. And it was a PD where people were like asked just to, to sketch something. And we were supposed to kind of put ourselves in students' shoes, and no one wanted to. So I was like, how, come on, guys. And, and my, uh, how I helped the adult in this case um, kind of deal with it was just like doing something ugly and fast. And I was like, look, there you go. You know, like here's an example. You, no one could do worse than this. And I think that's probably a strategy we use in the classroom with all different ages, too. You know, there is no wrong answer. Yeah, absolutely no i think i think that's the thing is you can once you break down you know you break down that that uncomfortableness or that i guess it's a confidence problem what i do is i have my students get feedback from each other they'll kind of work through something and then i'll be like all right go talk to two different people and get some feedback on it and then i think asking your peer is a little bit scary at the same time but it's also helpful and a little less scary at the same time too i guess if that makes sense i was just gonna ask have you ever had a bad experience have you ever had like students be a little bit overly critical um either in middle school or younger grades i think we have a big conversation with them ahead of time even even my fourth graders we talk about the difference between being helpful and not being helpful we talk Mm -hmm. about you know how yeah, if you tell someone, "Hey, that looks fabulous. That looks great. You're amazing." It's but we, we but I say, "Is that really are you just being nice to be nice or are you being yeah. you know, Matt, I I see I see what you're saying too. You know, you I teach high school and and high school my kids know that I'm not going to straight off just be like, "That's the best I've ever seen" because mm-hmm. I know that they're going to they're like, "Okay, well, it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me." Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to, they're not going to want to like push themselves to go beyond the grade yeah. level. I got my A. Well, I, why do I need to make that even better than what it is? Because he said Absolutely. it was okay. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I know a lot of teachers, there's a, there's an elementary teacher. I kind of took that idea from, they have this rhyme. It's called ask three, then me. So basically like asking three friends, getting some feedback from them and then coming to the teacher once you've had chance to kind of you know, marinate yeah. with those other ideas and then come to the teacher and say, am I done? Or how does this look? And I right. think that's also the other thing too, is asking them not, is it good? Because once you say, oh yeah, that's good. Then they move on. You know, they've, they've checked off that little on their checklist and then they've moved on. And I say, okay, I want you to go ask them, how do I make this better? Or what can I do to improve it? And I think once you have the kid asking that, that type of question, then it totally flips how their brain is receptive to that feedback. And it's not so much, oh my gosh, they hate it. They think it's ugly. It's, oh yeah, I need to add to this or I need to add to that. Yeah. How how do I improve it and how do I make it better? So Matt Cockrell, what do you, what do you think as far as, you know, how do you help kids who aren't so confident or that, you know, what kind of things do you pull from that say, you you know, most of the kids that I get, either they have never taken art before, or they claim that they've never taken art before, they forgot all about art, or they're, they're, just, they're just there for the credit, and that's it. But yeah. I, start with, I start with the very basic things, like pointillism. If you guys are not familiar with that, it's one single dot. Mm-hmm. And it's replicated over a, you know, you do a, a large sheet of paper, we do it in pencil first, there's probably five, six million dots in pencil. And we go back <laughs> over top of it and Sharpie. By the end of the end of it, they're all just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. But, mm-hmm. you know, start with a single dot and see where you get in the month 
and a lot of them are just blown away like they just can't believe that they made that oh yeah whatever it is they made oh my gosh i made that they just can't believe it yeah um then i would roll into you know i roll into an abstracted piece where abstract i mean that's that's just total random total random. <laughs> that's on your mind whatever's on your mind right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um i start with these very basic things just so you know they realize hey i can actually do this stuff anybody can make art and i know uh, matt wyman you did that comment like Oh my gosh, I'm actually going to have to like do this on the spot. <laughs> Two minutes of this drawing? No way. Like that was my fear, yeah. right? Yeah. But you yeah. did it. You got through it. You accomplished it. And you know, it looked pretty good. It looked Thanks. great. I think also what helps build confidence for the student, and you know, we talk about this all the time on the chat, is sitting down with the student, working with them, you know, working alongside them, I should say, yes. not with them, but working yes. alongside them because the project too. they see, yeah, exactly. Because they yeah. see, I mean, I, I have this big giant journal that I just open up and yeah, it takes up, you know, a good desk and a half size space, even though we have those big yeah. science tables and the kids are always like, I see them just kind of leaning in and then they like kind of glare out of the side of their eye, just kind of looking at what I'm doing or how I'm taking that idea of it and it's just it's always interesting and then all of a sudden they're like oh and then I turn and say hey what do you how do you think I can improve this or what do you think I could improve and of course at first they're like oh my gosh that's so good like I know but this is what I was thinking you know what do you think of this idea and Right. right when you start pulling them into a conversation about your own personal artwork I think it changes so much how they perceive what art is or making art is right so my my big thing is ceramics and pottery. That is my big thing. Uh-huh. You know, I've done more. I usually, in the past, I'd save it for Art 3 and Art 1. Maybe they'd get to do slab table. But the last couple of years, I've opened it up for Art 1 to experience the wheel and, you know, really, you know, see what they could do with that. So, you know, I'd put one on the wheel and, you know, I'd show the first person and then they'd, they would learn for a few days and then they would teach the next person and then so on and so on and so on with everything else, you know. Because you learn more, students learn more from another oh, yeah. student than yep. just from a teacher. So I'll have six or seven kids on the wheel, and I'll jump on the wheel. And you know, when they they see they see me, they see me excited about art. Of course, I'm excited about every project, but they see that that's my thing, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, <laughs> I, I, wow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna actually jump to Matt Cockrell's question, which was talking about your your creativity on demand or on demand creativity. And so you had a little challenge and I know you were going to use this in your classroom too and I'm just curious like what what kind of responses you got from your students but it was the quote what defines us is how we rise after falling. Um, right. And you asked everybody to post to take like 2 minutes to do a quick sketch of that and then what and then to post it. So what kind of response did you get from your students? And what kind of thought, what's your thought behind that all? Well, that was, that was one that I, I just did it on the spot for the chat. But what I did at the beginning of the year with R2 was, is I put a quote on the board and said, okay, here, I want you to do the same thing we did with the chat. And, but you have one class period, mm-hmm. one class period. You can't use your phone. You can't use your device. It's what's on your brain. Is this for a grade? Oh, you better believe it's for something. You better believe it. <laughs> First grade right off the bat. Boom. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell you what, I, I got so many highly creative drawings based off of the one quote. It was a different oh, yeah. quote. It did. Yeah. But I got so many highly creative. It was an on the spot. 
what can you do? What can you show me? And of course, for kids, you got to throw that grade in there too. Some, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I started, it seemed like that there was a lot of students that were towards the end of the year were starting to go. Then I started hearing a lot of that question. Is this for a grade? Is this for a grade? Especially yeah. as you start getting down to the last couple of weeks, then kids are like, well, what kind of grade do I need to get? What kind of grade will you give me on this? What I have done so far? And then it's like, <laughs> we're not negotiating. This isn't a negotiation. This is, yeah. you know, I want you to still keep pushing, but I want you, yeah, it seems like we're wrapping up, but we're still pushing past that. So I like you, to throw those, those on-demand type of things in there. Sometimes I'll say it's for a grade. Sometimes I, I, sometimes I only mention a grade. Yeah. And just to see if one of them mentions it. And, and a lot of times they don't. A lot of times they don't. They just uh -huh. go with it and they just roll with it. And I get more creativity that way than, yeah. you know, if we were just do like a regular project and, you know, here's the rubric and whatever else. Uh -huh. you know. Yeah. And, um, but on demand, I'm telling you. Matt Wyman, that's the way to go, buddy. On demand. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had what I do with my intro kids when I'm teaching intro and actually even my 2D students is that we start out with the we start the year and we end the year with the 30 circle challenge because we oh. talk about how each circle has potential and we talk about you know what potential really means you know potential means it has potential to be something absolutely amazing it has potential to be not so amazing and you know you get those kids who are probably already you know from the get go and they they get probably half of them done because they're putting so much detail into you know the first 15 or so. Um, and then you get ones who probably struggling tooth and nail because they just either don't want to do it or they think it's dumb or whatever. But then once they kind of see the other people around them and what they're coming up with, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, start out with an emoji, start out with whatever, you know, because it's, or something yeah. that's very simple and something that's a circle. And and then you get the sport kids who, you know, will start out with a ball, you know, they'll do some sport kind of ride. sport ball, whether it's a basketball, whether it's a soccer ball or whatever. And then it's always interesting because I do it as like a post assessment at the end of the year and I say, okay, I want to see how we've grown. What have we done so far since we take a look at our first one? And now what can we do with this next one? And then you start seeing kids who are using multiple circles, you know, who are connecting them somehow together to make something even bigger than what you know, or even better than what they had originally come up with. And that's always, it's always interesting because it's, you got to look past the simplicity of it, right. and what it, what right. the potential has in it. And I think that's really kind of interesting. I love that. And I love that to see the growth, especially from those kids that at the beginning of the year, I throw that pointillism, mm -hmm. they can't even draw a dot, you know, they yeah. can't even draw a dot. They're so nervous. They're scared to death. Uh -huh. And we get all the way to the end of the year, just to see, just to see that growth, just to see, oh my gosh, like, you guys progressed from putting a dot on the paper to bringing a photograph of a landscape that you have at your house mm -hmm. and we'll watercolor here in class as realistic yeah. as possible. Like, oh my gosh, like night and day, <laughs> it's night and day. <laughs> Matt Wyman, so there was a question from Matt Miller that was, you, you had mentioned this early before we started our chat and it was, it was talking about pairing. It says research shows that pairing images and text is very brain friendly. You were talking about something that you do with your students that pairs art with text to help kids learn. What is it that you do in your classroom since you're more of a general classroom, you know, whereas Matt and I are more specialized in just art, but what do you use or what was the lesson that you were talking about with that? 
Sure. So whenever I do vocabulary, and I do vocab, like new vocabulary words probably every week, I have boxes, and one of the so and there's there's like a few boxes in each for each word. One is definition, one is an antonym, one is use the word in a sentence, and then the last one that everyone gravitates towards. We all <laughs> love this one. It's draw a picture. And most of the words that we use in my third grade classroom are multi-meaning words. So mm-hmm. it's very important that the students get the definition of the word, the way the word is used in the story that the word is connected to. And drawing a picture is great because it connects that context. And you can you can be as detailed as you want. Sometimes, like I, when I start the year, I show the students um, especially for action words, just like stick figures, you know, mm-hmm. but they just jot down something and it doesn't have to be new. In fact, it could, it, it's fine for it to be messy because it, it's just making, it's like imprinting on your brain um, what this word is, is saying and what the word does. In addition to the, uh, to the drawing, I also have, I all teach the kids sign language for some words, not all of them, but then there's that kinesthetic element. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. I try to like tap into as much as I can for the kids to remember these vocabulary words. Hi there. This is Susan Riley, founder of Education Closet. If you love these conversations with Team Grundler and friends, please be sure to check out K-12 Art Chat on Twitter. The chat is held every Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Central, and it's a great way to continue the conversation. Just go to twitter.com and search hashtag K12ArtChat. We look forward to chatting with you over there soon. Now let's head back to the show. An artist you might want to maybe pull in if you're like looking to do that. I was is Keith Haring and a lot of his uh, figures that he has. He does action, you know, so you can talk about adjectives, verbs, and how their motion, how their movement, and he uses a lot of motion lines. So they you know they're stick people, but they're not. They're a little bit thicker than stick people. Um, sure. And they show them doing action, and they're really bright, really colorful. I did something with I think it was my third graders, or maybe it was second graders, where they had to be. I showed this strip of five different figures that were all moving and I told them to pick one and I wanted them to be in the same position as that figure was. And they had to kind of figure out how their body would go into it. And it was, it was just kind of fun because it was that kinesthetic piece that you were talking about. But it's always fun to be able to pull in artists and then you pair it with something that, you know, is something they already know, which is verbs, you know, action. So how do you show an action? How do you show jumping with a line? How do you show jumping with, you know, what would a person look like? What are the things that would be around a person if they're running really fast, if they're whatever, if they're swimming, if they're falling, if they're yelling, if they're screaming, whatever, what does that look like? So I love that idea. And I love the fact that you have them drawing things each week to help pair with that vocabulary. I think that's great. We draw something every single day. And That's our, awesome. I, I'm pretty sure my art teacher in my school does a whole unit um, with the artists that you're talking about where uh-huh. we use different colors yeah. and just keep outlining the figure. You know, One year we did an action guy <laughs> superhero <laughs> comic strip where we, we learned vocab, uh, verb vocabulary. And there were, you know, we drew pictures for each action. Mm-hmm. And then we had to, you know, we wrote the different tense forms of the verbs. That's oh, cool. That was really fun. I love that. Yeah. And it's very colorful. And just like you said, when you were just speaking, I was picturing like Flash, you know, the comic <laughs> showing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like how, okay, and how could you draw Flash like slowing down? That would be a totally different challenge. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. So, Matt, what do you, uh, Matt Cockerell, what do you, what kind of things do you do to help kind of pair 
images with the text or images with words to help kids learn as well. I think, what did I do on the chat? Uh, we, we do National Handwriting Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I remember that. And I, I wouldn't have known what National Handwriting Day is I, until, I think it was five years ago, I was just kind of scrolling through ideas, what to do, what to do, what to do. And, mm -hmm. and then I typed in, what did I type in the Google search? Every day is a holiday. Every day is a holiday. <laughs> and what can we do for this like National Pie Day or last, mm -hmm. National Grass Day or whatever? And, and uh, so I saw National Handwriting Day. I was like, cool, because we do calligraphy. Yeah. And, um, you know, we build upon the skills of how to use a, the old fashioned way with the dip pen uh -huh. and the inkwell and just learning how to, how to do basic penmanship. Oh uh, yeah. Is a challenge. Is a challenge. I find that a lot of my kids, they, uh, when we first start, they're like, Oh, writing, this is not English class. Oh my God. So by the time <laughs> we get done, they don't want to be done. They want to keep working. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, especially if you start showing like gold leafing, if you put that into it yeah. as well, then all of a sudden it, yeah. their mind just gets blown. And we do, you know, we do the illuminated text, the illuminated mm -hmm. letter and brush it all out with fine brushes and that oh, kind yeah. of thing. And um, we kind of get real elaborate with it. But, you know, I usually start that first part of December and then by by mid-January, I'll, I'll know my 30 kids that understand it so well that they could teach me how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I go to elementary schools. This year we went to two. Last year we went to one. But uh, let's see. This year we had uh, we had ninety five third graders uh, Heritage, Heritage Elementary, and then at uh, Simpsonville Elementary we had um, uh, I think we had over a hundred uh, wow. fifth graders. So each of my kids paired up with five or six, and yeah, just That's just cool. how they learn from me in class. Um, That's cool. It's, it's fantastic. That is cool. All right, so I'm going to go with this last question. How have you used art to help students wrestle with really tough topics? And I know, you know, we, we've talked about all these little fun things that we do in our classrooms to help them understand, but what kind of things can we do or what kind of things have you done to help kids, you know, with things that are, that are going on in their brains and trying to work through, you know, tough topics that they might not necessarily feel comfortable talking about, but how do we help them kind of understand that? Uh, let's see. Matt Wyman, why don't you go first, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> sure. When you were just saying that, I was actually picturing like a counselor using it to um, have students draw. Like, you know, actually, I was picturing first the puppet, you know, like having the, the hand mm -hmm. puppets where this is the dad, this is the mom, and this is you, and you have to act it out with the puppet. But, you know, how about just drawing it out, drawing a picture, draw the setting of, you know, some place where something happened or, or draw, draw a picture of a place that makes you feel comfortable, you know, mm -hmm. like just mm -hmm. to infuse um, that atmosphere into the setting where you're trying to work, work through something and help you develop confidence or feel better about a situation. Okay. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I mean, because if you can start getting them to think about it without maybe negative repercussions of it, you know, oh my gosh, I can't do that because it makes me think of it. But, you know, they have to kind of understand how to work through it and, you know, the best ways to work through it. One of the Best pieces of art I think I use is Van Gogh's tulips. I think it's tulips or is it lilies? I think it's the lilies where they have a whole field of purple flowers and then there's one that is white and all of the other flower heads are all facing towards this one and the other and the white one is looking out at all of these things. And to get kids to really understand like, you know, yeah, we always joke and say, yeah, Vincent Van Gogh was crazy. He cut off his ear. 
but for them to really understand and start gaining empathy for people who feel excluded or who feel left out. I don't even say these things. I just say, Hey, you know, what do you, what do you think the artist is trying to talk to you about or tell you about, you know, or how do you think that they were feeling when they made this? And it's really interesting to get them to kind of have a different look at people who are having a hard time fitting in or people who are, you know, like I said earlier, excluded um, for whatever reason. And so it's just kind of interesting to see their reactions to that. It's almost like, what does this painting say to you? Absolutely, yeah. So, Matt. Uh, let's see myself, <laughs> Matt Garfield. What do I do for tough topics? Uh, the hardest project we did all year long was uh, an advocacy piece. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it when I posted it, but it was an advocacy piece through the National Parks Conservation Association. This was an R2 project. Uh, probably should have been an R4 project if I had an R4, but it was an R2. But they had to, they had to choose a... Um, advocacy topic that is currently going on and uh, research it online, what it's all about. Then they had to include other elements like um, endangered species in that area. They had to include, um, they had to choose a poem by, by a renowned poet that I had, I had a list on the wall about, you know, what poet to choose. And, and then they had to incorporate, you know, elements from that into the drawing as well. Uh, then they had to choose five different mediums um, so a lot going on, yeah. um, something, something <laughs> big, you know, we, we took probably six weeks on that project, that Wow, quite some time, you know, and probably two weeks of it was all brainstorm, all, you know, researching the text, researching, mm-hmm. you know, what can I put here, put there, drawing it out. Several kids had page after page after page after page <laughs> of what can I include here, uh-huh. you know? Some were just stumped for weeks, like they just didn't have to. But the best thing that I could offer them, the best advice was just break it down one section at a time. Mm -hmm. Just because you see that entire painting, Monet's painting, doesn't mean that you have to paint it all one time. (laughs) Like the grid, the little section, the little section, start one little section at a time. Yeah. um, You know, draw it out, brainstorm as best you can. And, um, you know, we ended up with some pretty good pretty good pieces. I'm sure. I'm sure you did. All right. I looked that up. Yeah, I think I am too. I I think I remember seeing something, but I don't remember seeing the the images that were done of the students. So I'm gonna have to look that one up or you may have to repost that again. So what kind of advice can you give? Can you give people last little bit parting words? What kind of words of wisdom can we give to people as we sign off here? I think my thing would be, um, don't be afraid don't be afraid to get creative with your kids. Don't be afraid. It's summertime now. I know most people are like, I'm doing nothing. I'm going to lay by the pool and go to the beach. And that's it. But, you know, like me, I'm, I'm heading out west for a few weeks. You know, I'll stop at places. And, you know, that's kind of my professional development. To stop at all these places that I'll stop at uh, Promontory Point, you know, where they, the railroads came together mm-hmm. in Utah. And, you know, the, you know they had the the golden spike, you know, I'll stop there oh, yeah. and soak in some information and think, how can I use this in class? Exactly. How can I use this for a cool project? You, know? you never know where the inspiration is going to strike. Absolutely. And don't be afraid that if all of a sudden you have an idea, oh my gosh, I can't do it because I'm on summer. I'm supposed to be relaxing. Yeah. Right. That's going right. to, that's going to rejuvenate you for the next year. And that's, I think what we need. So Mr. Wyman, what do you think? What kind of words of wisdom could you share with some people as we well, I think 
Well, I think one of the things I got out of this chat, I mean, there were so many, but uh, something going into it, and even our talk today, and it's kind of one of my things in my classroom, is I like to, well, I was going to say preach, but I like kind of push the idea of <laughs> celebrating similarities. And in this one, yeah. because really, the thing that we have in common is our name's Matt. But yes. like, other than that, there's like huge differences where we live in the country, the ages that we teach, like it almost couldn't be more different. Um, but because we all just simply have the same name, there's this commonality. And that's something that I like to, especially like with my third graders, just show them that just being human. And I, a huge thing in my class is um, being classy. And I think it's classy to make connections before noticing the differences. Well, like, let's find something that we have in common and let's celebrate that. And um, in addition to our names, I know that we all just simply enjoy art. Of course, we wouldn't be here if we if we didn't. So our love of art, our name, and then the, the differences are just like the seasoning in the stew. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it just interesting and we get to know know each other once we have that foundation of the similarities and so the idea of celebrating what we have in common i love that like yeah awesome oh yeah well guys i can't thank you enough for joining all of us joining us i'm i'm sad we we didn't have the other two mats to be with us but i think we had a pretty good conversation and uh, like i said i certainly appreciate it and i'm glad everything you guys were able to contribute to the chats that you've hosted as well as this one so certainly appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing with you guys again. So great, great. Thanks so much for including. Yep. Thanks, guys, Thanks for having us. Have Thanks. a good afternoon, and we'll talk to you later. Take care. All right. Bye, guys. Summer is coming, friends, which means it's time for a break. Team Grundler is taking off for the summer, but stay tuned for what's next this fall. Heads up, Seven Up, friends. If you've been enjoying these episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Creatively Connected Classroom podcast. You'll get a notification every time we release a new episode each and every week. And take a screenshot and put it on your favorite social media, Twitter, Insta, Facebook, you name it. Tag Education Closet and K-12 Art Chat so we can reach out and say thanks. And if you really love us with all the feels, give us a review and or a rating over on iTunes. It helps others find the show and connect with our incredible community. Thanks for all your support.